Welcome back to another episode of Create Your Life with your host, Tessa Lloyd. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we meet today, the Wadarong people of the Wadarong Aboriginal Corporation, and pay my respects to elders past and present. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to Create Your Life. I'm your host, Tessa Lloyd, which you probably have sussed out by now. Um, There's nothing trippier than saying your host, Tessa Lloyd, every time I do these episodes. It's um, It's so trippy. It's so surreal. Anyway, um, today we are going to be having just the coolest conversation about periods, menstrual cycles, cycle awareness, cycle education, cycle self-care. And this goes without saying, this episode is for anyone who menstruates and anyone who identifies as a cyclical being. So we are talking about living as the evolving humans that we are and the the seasons and the phases that we go through as humans as well so I just wanted to say that this is for all of the humans that identify with this podcast episode everyone is so loved and welcome here okay I want to do a little bit of an intro into my amazing guest, Shannon Beard, first, who just knows so much about periods. It's insane. <laughs> um, so Shannon and I first went to a beautiful event by Claire Baker, who um, who ran a workshop on cycle awareness and the self-care within the seasons. And Shannon has then gone on to do extra training in this area. So Shannon has a wealth of knowledge that I can't wait to explore with you guys and delve into just to empower ourselves as cyclical human beings and be able to understand ourselves on a deeper level. I know a lot of these conversations weren't had when we were younger um, and if they were had, I suspect they might have been had in a different way. So I'm really excited to empower you with some of these tools because I know that this has just really changed around my life, understanding my my emotional, physical, spiritual, emotional well-being in this way. Shannon is the creator and owner of Nourish Hub where she runs ceremonies and stock ceremonial grade cacao, which is just amazing. I can attest to it. It is in my pantry right now. Um, She is an amazing space holder, which is quite a bonus for me as a podcast host to be able to um, have a conversation with someone who is so wonderful at listening and so wonderful at uh, educating as well. She is a legend. You're going to love her I'm sure and yeah very excited to be able to share this with you guys. At the moment I am in the 
amazing launching stages of bringing you guys my only mentoring program for this year, which is called Honey. And we're actually running some cycle awareness um, masterminds within this and looking at cycle mapping and cycle self-care. So it's been the perfect time for me to uh, have this conversation with Shannon because it's been just a great refresher of what I've learned as, um, you know, as a woman who wants to educate other people about cycles. So I do want to tell you guys a little bit about Honey first before we dive into this conversation. So my Honey Baby, the absolute love of my life mentoring program is being released on the 1st of May and will be open for enrollment on the 1st of May. So Honey is like if you let Honey, the word Honey sit with you, that's what I want to create a feeling of within this program. So this is a six month program supporting women to create their life of authenticity, intention, and bravery. So this is a one-to-one program where you and I have uh, one-to-one mentoring calls, as well as group calls for community touch bases and masterminds looking at money and soulful spending and the menstrual cycle. So diving further into menstrual cycle work and self-care plans around this. This will be run from the 1st of May till the end of September. And yeah, all of the information that you might want to find out about Honey, if you get to the end of this podcast episode, or if any of my work has resonated with you, can be found on the website at tessaloy.com.au. And if you just type slash honey, it will pop up. If not, if you want to head to the link in my bio on my Instagram, there's a little um, note there that can take you to the page. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to let you guys know that because I'm so excited. I've had uh, enrollments already and my most recent one was today, which is really, really exciting. And yeah, I just, I wanted to let any of my listeners know that if you did want to work with me at all this year, this will be the only way to do that. So yeah, if you need any help finding any information, please just send me a message on Instagram or email me at hello at tessaloid.com.au. All right, my loves, we are going to dive in. Uh, Love you so much. Thank you so much for being here. For those listeners who tune in every week, I know a lot of you and it just like it slays me when I know that I'm recording and you guys are going to be hearing it. So yeah, thank you so much for all of your ongoing support. If you do resonate with anything within this podcast episode, please, please, please leave a rating or a comment on the app that you are tuning in from. That way I can begin to reach more people using the podcast platform. All right, my loves, I hope you enjoy this episode, episode two of season, episode two of season two, there you go, of Create Your Life with Tessa Lloyd. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Create Your Life. Today, we're here with Shannon Beard from the Nourish Hub Co. Um, 
Shan has lots of different avenues that she lives through in her business, but not only that, she advocates for incorporating business lessons, life lessons, cycle lessons into what it's like to be as a human, which I found a really nourishing, how ironic is that, Shan? A really (laughs) nourishing part of watching Shan's journey is that not only does she talk the talk but she walks her walk and I find that really endearing to see her do so I want to welcome Shan here today and we're going to be talking about oh god we have so much to talk about Shan we're going to be talking about so I'll let Shan introduce what she does but basically we're looking at the menstrual cycle and everything that comes under this umbrella you know within one hour's worth of a conversation um so looking at uh the cycle and basically what we didn't learn when we grew up a lot of us I know I didn't and um you know, the first experience I had of this was two years ago. And since then, it's been such a mind, um, like a mind changer for me, really, and body, soul, everything. So we're going to be looking at that and not only what comes under that, but the self-care associated with it. So you'll be able to hear from Shan that um, the self-care that comes along with the different seasons in general is really important. And you'll also be able to hear that she embodies this herself. So um, thank you so much for being here, Shan. I'm so happy to have you here and have this conversation with you. Mm, thanks so much for having me. It's a joy to be here. You're so welcome. All right. So we're going to dive into first looking at cycle awareness. So Shan, the work that you do um has been a bit of a journey hasn't it like I imagine your awareness around this work started quite a while ago but I know you recently did um, some training within this can you talk to us a little bit about how um, you started this journey around cycle awareness and also what cycle awareness is for anyone really starting from the ground up Mm, beautiful Yeah, so it has been a journey for sure and definitely something that I've been embodying for about, I would say maybe maybe four or five years now just on my own personal journey before I actually started working in this area. And I think that's definitely a common theme within my life and my work is that I have a personal experience that is really deep and profound and life-changing and then not always, but often it feels right to offer it to my community. So yeah, I went, I've been on and still am on quite a journey with my own menstrual cycle. So like, I think a lot of people, I went on the pill when I was 15, just not really being informed. And I'm like, totally not against contraception at all. I'm just pro, um, you know, informed consent. So went on, had no idea what it was doing to my body. Got to the age of about 20. So I was on the pill for about five years and I started to really um, discover myself, like really feel this deep connection to myself. But I felt like I could only go so deep. Like there was something in the way that was preventing me from connecting with myself on a really deep level. And the more self-aware that I was becoming through tools such as meditation and 
yeah, things like that. Um, I just noticed that I had moments where I wasn't feeling myself. I was having thoughts and feelings. And because I was becoming more self-aware, I was like, these aren't mine. Like these thoughts and these feelings, where are they coming from? They're not mine. Um, what's happening? Like, is something happening to my body? And I remember having a healing session with a practitioner and she just like very subtly and very gently mentioned that perhaps I could think about coming off the pill if that, if I was open to that. And basically from that moment on my life changed, I was like, okay, yep, this is something I'm going to look into. Came off the pill and yeah, it was a bit of an interesting journey. Like I felt more like myself than I ever had in terms of my mental and emotional state. But then on the other hand, physically, it was just crazy, like crazy intense. I didn't have a physical cycle, so I didn't have a period for about a year. Um, and then I started working with a naturopath and a Chinese medicine practitioner, which I'm so grateful for. Um and yeah, got my cycle back, but it's still, you know, quite not where I want it to be. So it's just such a long journey. I have long cycles, a lot better than what they used to be. But what I really learned through menstrual cycle awareness is that it is so much more than a physical occurrence. For me, it is such a deep spiritual tool that we can use to really get to know ourselves to get to know our own unique needs desires vulnerabilities powers and everybody's experience of their cycle is so unique and so individual um, and I just felt like I was able to connect to myself on such a deep level through my menstrual cycle so Whilst, you know, it is a physical occurrence and I think not all, but a lot of people experience irregular cycles or, you know, things like intense PMS, PCOS, endometriosis. There's a lot of imbalances around these days. And whilst those things absolutely should be looked into, I think the missing piece is really, well, how can we use our menstrual cycle to connect to ourselves more deeply and get to know ourselves on this really deep level. So yeah, like I got started um, in this work through my own journey, just learning more about my cycle and my greatest teacher throughout all of this has been Claire Baker. She is a very well-known period coach. And last year I did um, a training certification with her to become a cycle coach. And she's just taught me so much. So yeah, that's how I got started. Yeah. I, I just want to say I love that you mentioned it is more than a physical occurrence. I think mm. for a long time, not even just a physical occurrence, but one that should be avoided mm. or one that should be dreaded or um, hidden. And I love that you've not only mentioned that, but it is this, I mean, I would say it is the amongst maybe two other things, one of the most profound ways that I've supported my mental health mm. and you know real and you will understand this I know Shan just from previous conversations but the way our anxiety can be affected by our cycle the way depression can be affected by our cycle and cycle awareness for me was compassion like 
Mm. Okay, you're feeling too nervy to, um, you know, do that big grocery shop. Or I feel like I mentioned how much I hate grocery shopping in all of my podcast episodes. (laughs) (laughs) To do um, those things that you know are quite triggering for you at different Mm. stages of the cycle is sort of setting itself up. Not the word failure isn't the right word, but um, for a trickier time or for one that's going to rock your nervous system a little bit more. So I love that you've mentioned that because on a physical, spiritual, mental, emotional level, like this awareness just brings in so much self-compassion, do you think? Like, okay, Mm. all right, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at right now. It's all right. As opposed to feeling at odds with yourself constantly. Mm, Totally. Mm. And I think we're going to elaborate on this more later in the episode, but I always say to people, I genuinely feel like menstrual cycle awareness is the greatest tool for self-acceptance. It's accepting that like we are not the same person on any given day. Like we have a 24-hour clock. It's not the, you know, we have, yeah, a monthly cycle. We're a different person every single day because we're at a different stage of our cycle on every single day. So knowing where we're at and what our potential vulnerabilities are or what our potential strengths are it's just so amazing and empowering for self-acceptance there's sometimes these moments in my podcast where I have to quieten it down when I go back and edit because I've gone yes because it's such a (laughs) moment and that was exactly what that is self-acceptance that's so beautiful all right can you talk us through so we've talked about the um I guess, the different days that we can be on or the different stages. So can you have a look, uh, can you have a run through with us of the, I'm going to leave the language up to you because I say seasons, but that's just, Mm. it's what I've learned. So can you um, have a chat to us about the different, the stages or the seasons or phases of the menstrual cycle? Yeah, totally. So the first thing I just want to preface, which hopefully everybody already knows, but um, Anything that I say in the episode should be should have like a little asterisk next to it because, as I said at the start, everybody's experience of their cycle is so unique. Like some people will have a 28-day cycle, some people will have 25, some people will have a 60-day cycle. It's just so unique. So just take this information, like take what resonates, leave what doesn't, and just know that there is a way that you can adapt these frameworks to your cycle, no matter how long or short existed, non-existent it is. I just always like to say that because it's really important that people know that like, whilst I'm teaching certain frameworks, that your experience of your cycle should just trump any knowledge that you learn, right? Like it's really important. Um, Yeah, so I also use the seasons as my main framework for teaching the menstrual cycle because I feel like it's a framework that everybody can relate to or resonate with because we experience them in nature, the four seasons of the year. So this is a really easy, tangible way to understand the menstrual cycle. I always like to start with the first phase or season, which is winter. And winter is, it resonates with menstruation. So the first day of winter or menstruation is considered the first day of entire full bleed. So 
not spotting, nothing like that, just the first day of full blood. Mm-hmm. And this phase normally lasts for about five days. So normally from days one to five. So that's how you can actually really identify which day of your cycle you are on. If you don't know, go back, have a look when you last had a period and then count forward from there. So day one, first full day of bleeding. And winter is a time, if you think about it from a physical sense, when we're in hibernation, it's a little bit colder. We like to be more inward, more introverted, more cozy. We lean more towards comfort foods, you know, warming, blood building foods. Um, And this is what I, again, I think we're going to go into more detail of this, but this is what I really like to encourage my clients to do in winter is to rest, replenish, hibernate, build up your reserves as much as you can because our energy is lower at this phase or season of the cycle. So approximately days one to five. And then after winter, we enter into spring. So this is the pre ovulatory phase and if you think about spring again in a physical sense this is when the flowers are starting to come out things are starting to bloom but we're not in full full bloom yet things are just starting to ripen um, get ready for that you know beautiful summer energy so from our perspective it's when we start to come back out into the world we start to build up a little bit more energy. Perhaps we start to feel a little bit more confident, um, wanting to see people a little bit more. We're really getting, yeah, our confidence and our energy back. So that's generally around days six to 10, six to 12. Again, I don't normally like to give the days because it really depends on the individual. So yeah, summer is around ovulation, which we'll talk a little bit more about. But from my perspective, ovulation is probably the most important stage of the cycle uh, because this can really determine how long your cycle is. It's a really important stage of the cycle. So generally, if hormones are balanced, this phase or this season can be when our energy levels are at their highest. It's when often we will feel most confident, most sexy. Our libido is generally at its highest point. We feel like we want to see people more. Um, Yeah, just a really confident energy. I think, I can't remember who said it. I learned it through Claire Baker, but I think she learned it through someone else. Um, And she says that this is really like the Beyonce hormone of the cycle. It's, you know, if you're really confident, we've got like that queen energy going. So summer in the physical sense is when the weather is warmer, everybody's out and about and socializing and all of the blooms are at their peak. They're at full bloom. And then after summer, we go into autumn. So autumn, which where we are is um, the season that we're in now. And you can feel there's like this real shift in energy um, from summer to autumn. And it's when, you know, the leaves start to fall off the trees, the weather starts to get a little bit colder and it's not fully winter, but we get a little taste of it. So 
we're starting to enter into that hibernation phase again and you can feel that people start to retreat inwards um go back to their you know warm cups of teas and soups and things like that so yeah although this sounds a little bit intense sometimes I just like to give this analogy anyway it's like if you think of autumn things almost start to decay or die and like I said the leaves fall off the trees but that's similar to our cycle. It's like we're starting to build up to that bleed again where we're going to shed. So, yeah, in a nutshell, I mean, I could talk about the four seasons forever, but in a nutshell, that's the menstrual cycle and the four seasons. Yeah, and you've just made me think so many things along the line um, of self-care or I guess, yeah, self-acceptance is the right word. When we aren't giving ourselves the space to shed this layer mm. or to let little parts of us die that need to go or um, to slow down. I mean, our society doesn't really accommodate for rest as much as it should. No wonder there's such a resistance to the, um, the change in hormones and what happens around autumn. Mm. Um, and autumn's the time where women can experience PMS, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think autumn and also summer, like I know for me personally, I, yeah, some cycles I feel amazing around summer and ovulation and others, I just feel awful. Like I'm getting a double autumn. It's like, I just feel burnt out. I almost get like literally like PMS, but around ovulation. And I think if you're experiencing physical imbalances, it's a really good indicator that perhaps you're not resting as much as possible or you're not nourishing yourself in certain ways or perhaps there's a hormonal imbalance that like needs to be treated yeah. by a professional. But, yeah, it's, really, it's a really good indicator when we track these physical imbalances to say, okay, like I know even for me sometimes in spring, so just after my bleed, I can get quite anxious and quite overwhelmed. And I know for me, that's a sign that I'm coming out too hard and too fast. It's like I have the bleed and I re- I'm pretty good at resting during the bleed, but then I try and go into my summer energy straight away, like into spring rather than just slowly easing back into things. So once we get to know, yeah, once we get to know these vulnerabilities and they're, they're often common patterns that we have. Um, it's really powerful because we know where we potentially need to rest more, where we need to nourish ourselves more. And again, it creates that self-acceptance. And it's quite reflective too, isn't it? Like what you just said, there's all these um, sort of signs and it's not something to be ashamed of, which I love that you've put an asterisk on it. All of this is approximate. Mm. Um, a burnt out summer is not something to be ashamed of but part Mm. of this journey is the learning and then the unlearning and relearning of okay now I know this where can I use it as you know a support system rather than a because when I started this I was like this is meant to be I feel robbed this is meant to be my Beyonce time as you say and I'm just feeling it was like everything my senses were just so on Mm. that everything was um washing over me and I think that that's a really important um cue like you said and we we're sort of sent these signals aren't we like if Mm. we tune into the body we're sent these signals 
Um, yeah, it's quite phenomenal thinking what the body goes through in, you know, generally one month. It's amazing. And yeah, just incredible what we go through and that it's not acknowledged enough in society. You know, it's just, yeah, we go through so many changes in the one month or however long your cycle is. It's yeah, quite profound. Yeah. And as a, um, as a partner too, and as someone who dates a woman who does date women, um, the the awareness of um, the changes is so empowering too because mm. we can't then just say, we can't put someone in a box and say, you've changed. I mean, yeah, definitely, like, so different from yesterday and I will be so different from tomorrow. Um, telling me that I've changed isn't the way to support that, like helping me to support, helping me to navigate my changes is the way to support me as opposed to keeping me in a box I think that's a really empowering part as well Mm, totally yeah and with the partner piece it's like this is a really beautiful opportunity for you to open that line of communication um, because I found when I first got with my partner he didn't understand so then it's confusing right and then I was like this actually isn't his fault because he just doesn't know so I started slowly educating him on like what I was feeling and experiencing and now it's just the greatest thing because it's a really beautiful opportunity for your partner to accept all of you like all expressions of you everything that you you know flow and oscillate between it's just like they accept all of you and then that's almost an invitation for us to accept all of ourself as well you know not just when we're feeling that Beyonce energy it's like well this is just where I'm at and it's okay it's just an expression of who I am Mm. the different archetypes of us Mm. and the other like the other side to that is I mean all of it's a journey right but I think that where I'm at right now is looking at the like huge bonuses of each cycle like I used to be I mean, I think autumn is my favourite time of year anyway, let alone like in my cycle, I've really started to just casually drop into the depths of it. And I'm a bit of a like tragic romantic anyway. So when the feelings come, I'm like, oh, let's roll around in it. But there is this really like, you know, don't fuck with me, like don't push my boundaries, Um, like this kind of like lush wrapped up creative vibe I find Mm. that I get in autumn and I used to be so scared of it and now I'm like actually there's you know a bit of badass energy in here that I can really use Mm, totally I always say within everything in life right there's like yin and yang like the light and the dark whatever you want to call it but it's the same with the cycle every phase has potential powers and potential vulnerabilities and it's just becoming aware of what are your powers in that phase and what are your vulnerabilities in that phase? How can we actually really harness and utilise the powers and how can we be more aware of the vulnerabilities so that we can support ourselves? But, yeah, I resonate so much with what you're saying about autumn. Like I just used to dread it and now I'm like, bring it on. I'm just loving it at the moment. I don't know if it's just this season of life that I'm in, but absolutely love it. Like boundaries are just so high, that whole don't fuck with me energy um yeah really creative and just that wild woman archetype it's amazing yeah so the hormones change throughout the seasons right Shan um and I'm this is something that I'm really 
I guess, sort of behind in. I know that progesterone and estrogen come into play, but that's about it. Can you sort of give the listeners a bit of an idea of what ebbs and flows throughout the cycle? Mm, Totally. Yeah. So I'll just preface firstly that this is like totally not my zone of genius. (laughs) Uh, It's it's so important to know. Um, But as I mentioned at the start, for me personally, I work more in the area of like how can we connect to our intuition more through our cycle? How can we understand self-care for our cycle? How can we know ourselves through our cycle? But the hormones are still so important to know. Um, so I'll give a brief overview for you. So on the same thing. We've both been like, okay, hormones, cool, tick, science, yeah. back, intuition, where you at? Literally, I'm just like, yeah, cool, kind of know what's going on, but not not really my job. Like that's my practitioner's job. So yeah. um, as long as I know a little bit about what's going on, you know, it's important to be empowered and have a little bit of knowledge. But yeah, I'm definitely more interested in that spiritual realm. <laughs> so like I mentioned with the four seasons, the cycle itself can be divided into two phases or two stages. So the first half is the follicular phase and this starts on day one and then it ends the day before ovulation so the follicular phase and then we have the second half which is the luteal phase and this is from ovulation again up to menstruation so you've probably heard these terms before follicular luteal um they're a bit more sciencey but they're the you know more formal terms the follicular phase is really about preparing for ovulation so some people might find that if they if their body struggles to ovulate which is me they have a longer follicular phase because the body is building up to ovulation it's getting ready to produce the egg so this is what it's all about in the follicular phase so at this point estrogen is rising And what this does, or one of the things that it does, is it helps to thicken the lining. And the thickening of the lining is to actually, it's the preparation for the egg and for the egg to actually be released. So as I mentioned earlier, when balanced, energy levels are really high because estrogen is that Beyonce hormone. It's that like, let's get shit done, feels more sexy, more confident, Um, again, that's not for everyone, but when hormones are balanced, this rising in estrogen can really produce those higher energy levels. And then after that, we have ovulation and this is when the egg is released. So if conception does not occur here, then the egg will disintegrate. So that's just a little bit about what happens at ovulation. It's a short window, a very, very short window, um, that we experience ovulation, but I think um, a big misconception is that we only feel good for like one or two days around ovulation. And that doesn't have to be the case. It's like that week leading up to ovulation, we might have that real increase in energy. So whilst ovulation is like literally the one day, we might experience that increase in energy for about a week because estrogen is rising throughout that um, follicular phase. And that's important to know too, Shan, for conception, isn't it? I know that mm. a lot of 
young, a lot, a lot of young girls are put onto the pill mm. um, when generally there's, you know, a stock standard amount of days that we can get pregnant in our cycle and the rest is quite low risk. Mm. Um, and so our whole hormone um, setup is changed for these few days and it's just the norm. And yeah. like you said, definitely nothing against contraception, but the way that um, options aren't explored is definitely something to think about. Mm, yes, this annoys me quite a lot because I think it's just anyone who is not on the pill and is, is trying to prevent conception is labelled as irresponsible, stupid, like immature, uneducated. And it's like, well, actually, no, that's not the case. Like I know exactly when I'm ovulating, exactly when my fertile window is and I'm not on the pill. And like, yes, that took some education, but it's totally available to you if that's something you want to explore. So I did have written down, like if it is something that you want to explore, I highly recommend working with a trusted practitioner who practices the sympothermal method. So this is where you will track your cervical fluid and your basal body temperature to know exactly when you're ovulating. And even like, I'm not looking to conceive right now, but even for me, this method was really helpful just for knowing where I'm at and like, am I actually ovulating or am I not really, really helpful? So yeah, little side note there. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, so like I mentioned, this is when estrogen and also testosterone are at their peak. And what this does is it increases our libido. Again, if things are all balanced, um, it increases our cervical fluid and also our energy levels. So the most important thing here, which I've just touched on, is actually being able to identify when ovulation occurs because I think the language that's used a lot in menstrual cycle awareness and tracking is oh well my period is late or like my period isn't arriving or I don't have a period and one thing that I like to make really clear is that once you are able to identify ovulation you will always have a period like 14 to 16 days after ovulation the period will always follow ovulation if you're having a cycle where you're not having a period it's ovulation that I'd be looking into because we actually need to ovulate in order to have a period so actually being able to identify ovulation is very powerful because like I said for me a personal example my follicular phase is quite long so it is hard sometimes to um, schedule things into my diary because I don't know always when I'm going to have my period or be in my winter phase but what I can actually do is like when I ovulate I'm like okay like now I know like two weeks from today I'm going to have my period so identifying that is really really powerful. So for Mm. some women Shan um, because I didn't know this for some women based on you know, I imagine there's lots of different things, hormones, where they're at emotionally, where they're at physically. Um, can that process of ovulation be drawn out or actually hard to achieve for the body? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So there's so many things that come into play with hormones and ovulation, but 
The main indicators I'd be looking into would be stress. Stress is a massive one because if you think this is more from like a traditional primal perspective, but traditionally ovulation is about preparing for conception, like preparing to have a baby. But if our body is under immense stress, the body is not going to prioritize making a baby. It's going to say, no, like we're in danger here not going to ovulate because super, super stressed. So for me, stress is a massive one, like really important to look at. And that's mental stress, physical stress. Like are you putting too much physical stress on your body with exercise or whatever it is? Um, Also things like chemicals from the environment, all of these things can really impact ovulation. So again, like if it's available to you, I recommend working with a a practitioner if you can um, to support ovulation but ovulation is yeah it's so so important stress being um, the biggest one but then other things like food exercise chemicals can all impact ovulation and I imagine just for anyone listening who wants to look into this further I imagine working with a practitioner regardless would be really important even for women who are looking at you know do I want to have a period Mm. Um, I mean, a lot of women I know, a lot of women I know are, um, are completely off contraception, but there is the other side too, where there's women who I know who don't have a regular period due to contraception. Um, and so when I talk about sort of the dips in energy, they're like, fuck, I wouldn't even know where to start. Mm. Was, um, and that is so normal. That is sold to us still as so very normal. I mean, I just recently had my IUD taken out. So for the first time ever, I'm completely natural. And the gynecologist, she was lovely, but she was really like, what's the, you know, what's the plan Mm. plan here? Mm. And I was like, well, you know, physically for me, it's not really as much of a danger for a lot of um, other women in terms of pregnancy. But the, I think the general idea out there is that this should be, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but the way I grew up is that we do something about our period and there was no warning about missing a period, you know, mm. not just physically, but also being so out of whack with yourself, out of tune with yourself that you don't know what's going on in your body. I mean, that wasn't sold to us at all. So I can just imagine how empowering it would be for a woman to go to a practitioner and figure out what's going on with their levels and figure out how to support themselves nutrition-wise, sleep-wise, you know, really would be a game changer coming from being, I mean, I see it as that's a bit of a door that's closed for us as a woman if we're um, not having that period, which is also a-okay, but I guess just it possibly could be a door to open one day. Totally, yeah, and I think it's important that we recognise that fertility like the word fertility is about so much more than having a baby right like fertility is just this misconceived word where it's like oh well I don't need to worry about fertility because I don't want to have a baby Mm. whether it's yet or ever but fertility is about our overall reproductive health and whether you are planning to conceive or not having overall fertility health is so important so important to have that physical balance of having that release of the bleed and having that you know hopefully increased energy around 
ovulation and it's not only like it not only will help balance you physically but then mentally as well because your hormones are hopefully more balanced rather than like doing this crazy stuff where they're on a roller coaster so fertility should be I believe a priority for everybody not just those who are looking to conceive because it's really yeah our overall health yeah and a conversation to have even if you do wish to stay on contraception right like Mm. a conversation to have in terms of looking at options because I know a lot of different options didn't work for me I wanted something that wasn't going to affect my hormones and my Mm. mental health and that's why I went with the um, option that I went with but I think it's as women really important that we have this information in the back of our head to say, hey, hold up, what's about to go into my body and how's it going to affect me? Totally. And just looking at ways you can still support yourself if you are on contraception, things like looking at food, lifestyle, stress, exercise, you can still look at all of those things that are going to support your body when you are on contraception. Mm. So as we come to the end of the, is it the luteal phase? Yes. Yeah, sorry, we got yeah. lost in the, no, uh, no, in the void to, there. I do, that to my, I do that to my guests. I bring them off topic <laughs> and then it's, I've got to bring um, myself back. Is that why, um, because I can feel on my day 21, Shan, mm. I fail and I have quite a long cycle, but my 21, 21st day is always just this, room like I feel it like a drop of the Mm. what I would generally call the good stuff and more of that like um the more well that that day 21 is quite broody for me really I'm a little Mm. um is there a big change as we're coming up to our period in hormones yeah big change so something interesting here that I learned through my teacher Claire as well is that So after the follicular phase, we go into what's called the luteal phase, but almost like before we even get there, for some people, there can be this post-ovulation hormonal shift. And this is not for everybody, but it sounds like maybe this is what you are experiencing. It's like almost this instant like boom and this instant dip and it only lasts a day or two. And then we seem to almost go into that steady season, but this hormonal shift post ovulation can often be described as like a fifth season. It's like this day or two where things are really, you can feel the change, but it's very void. Like it's like, yeah, a quick dip. And then we almost like even out into autumn or pre-menstruum, but yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned that because I had that written down to touch on. Um, A fifth season is what I call mm, it like, for me, I'm like, oh, this is so prickly. Like, and yep. he said that I know my body's, it's like, it goes, okay, tick, well done. You got through that, go girl. And it lets me plateau a little bit. Yeah. That, that day or two is, <laughs> yeah, she's prickly. She's prickly. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So after that, if you experience, you know, that day or two post ovulation or that fifth season, we head into premenstruum, which is the luteal phase. And this is when progesterone rises. So progesterone is like the yin to the yang of estrogen. It's like a softer hormone, more calming, more inward, that, um, yeah, more soothing hormone. So 
if you think about again that autumn phase or season of the cycle this is when we're generally craving more like cozy nights in we're more introverted Um, and once progesterone production stops entirely this is when we begin to bleed so yeah again like this can be a very interesting phase for people it's very unique very different and I have found it's just been different for me at different phases of my life like I've experienced intense PMS but like now I practically have no PMS like no symptoms um it's more that wild woman creative archetype but yeah it's different for everybody but generally um because I have that longer follicular phase and I I I personally have like high levels of estrogen when that when that progesterone comes in it's like you know it's like this big exhale it's just I love it it's like a big release for me so is that something you had Hmm. function like I know it sounds like I mean for a lot of women I imagine or not just women but people who menstruate I imagine it's quite foreign to be thinking about sort of doing personal work on your cycle but I have learned over time how to decrease pain before my period and all of that sort of thing. Is that something that you've worked on when you say you rarely have PMS? Have you looked at, worked with a practitioner to look at stress and nutrition and things like that? Mm, So much, so deeply, still am. Yeah, it's just like the biggest priority to me. I think Mm. health is like my number one value. And for me, it's really important, like what you said at the start, which was so nice um, that I, you know, walk the walk, talk the talk. It's really important that now that I'm in this arena, that I am embodied and I'm tracking my cycle. I'm actively working on my cycle and where and how I'm working on my cycle changes. But like for me at the moment, it's more focusing on getting this ovulation to like happen a bit sooner in the cycle, um, focusing on my stress, my anxiety. I'm definitely a recovering perfectionist, high achiever, type A, all of the above. So yeah, it's like a long journey, but I've just learned so much about myself through it. And yeah, I have an amazing support team, which I'm so, so grateful to be privileged enough to have. I work with a Cairo, um, a nutritionist, and then I was working with a Chinese medicine practitioner as well. So, yeah, really important to me. Mm. That's such a queen. <laughs> I just got this thing, my body is a temple, like you literally are treating mm. your body with such respect. Mm. Thank you. Mm. So nice to hear. So during the season, Shan, because um, I know that when where like those hormones are changing when we're starting to slow down that's where I'm drawn to baths actually I'm drawn to baths in general but I basically (laughs) (laughs) last week and um and do a lot more slow exercise and things like that can you run us through the seasons and the I guess activities that we're generally feeling drawn towards or can generally support us Mm. Totally. Yeah. So this is my jam. Like this is what I love to teach on. Yeah. This is like what all of my courses cover. This is really what I work in is like, how can we curate our self-care for each phase of the cycle? And again, it's so different for everybody. It's about 
here's like all of the possible practices that you can do, but what feels good for you? Like just incorporate the rituals and the self-care that feel good for you because you'll probably find as well that they'll change over time. So this is absolutely a non-exhaustive list because literally we would be here for like two hours if I was to go over all of the potential embodiment practices that you could do for your cycle. But I just thought I'd give like overall themes that relate to the seasons. So yeah, starting at winter again, so menstruation, when you are bleeding, things that I like to do here are really, it's all focused around going in, like going within, going inward and focusing on nurturing ourselves. So less of that giving energy to others and more about giving to ourselves and bringing it back within so here it's really important to rest as much as possible and like you said earlier our society doesn't really support this yet I think like we're getting there still got a long way to go but um resting as much as possible like sleeping more napping more yeah, just all the rest as much as possible and not putting any pressure on yourself to be or show up a certain way. Easier said than done, but very important. So in regards to movement, again, really important here to just go easy, like minimal or no movement, just slow flows, stretching, walking. On days one and two of my cycle, I don't do anything, literally. Like I just... And I'm someone who, like, I love to move my body every single day. I thrive in that. But days one and two, I'm just in bed, for which I'm very grateful for, basically, the whole time. So minimal movement, slow movement, rest. And I think a really important practice that I love to teach, seems simple, but it's, like, really profound, is social media, just, like, delete it or get off it for a few days or if you really have to be on it for work or whatever it is having stronger boundaries around social media because what I like to say about winter is that from a spiritual sense we are a lot more open there's a lot of potential here I believe for connection with source or the universe or god like whatever you want to call it Um, I find that when I truly rest and unplug my intuition is just so heightened here like I can really connect and download um, and receive insights on what's next for me but we are quite open and permeable so we're like a sponge we're like sponges anyway normally but when we're bleeding it's like we're just so open that we really have to be careful I think as to what we're doing with our energy. So for me, social media is a big one because my comparison mode is like very high during winter. And that's why I focus on really bringing my energy back to myself and not seeing as many people. And it's the same with social media. Like I'll just disappear for a couple of days and it's hard, but I find it really replenishing and supportive. So that's a big one for me. Shan, when you're pulling yourself back and then our comparison voice I think has been built up because we're taught to compete for resources and taught mm. to compete and when we're in that inward phase and we're seeing people who are in their you know their summer phase or they're you know they're just 
um, faking it till they make it on Instagram, which some mm. people are as well. When we're seeing that and we're in that inward phase, it's not as if we're coming from that, I got this mode, we're in that sensitive drawn in phase. So I can imagine why that comparison sort of vibe picks up. Mm, yeah, that's an awesome way to frame it. Yeah, thank you. I always say, wouldn't it be amazing if everybody bled and ovulated at like the same time like everyone in the world it would just be like that is the dream it would just be amazing (laughs) but it's not the case so yeah that's awesome um and then yeah when we head into spring like I mentioned this is a time where we start to come back out into the world so if you receive any insights during winter during your bleed this could be a really beautiful time to start depositing some energy into those creations this can feel really fulfilling for me like really beautiful self-care because it's like oh my energy is coming back but just go slow like don't go too hard too fast because we're still building up our energy in this phase Um, we've just finished bleeding and if you go too hard too fast most likely you'll burn out around ovulation so that can be fun. Another thing I like to do is like buying myself flowers to symbolize that spring energy. Um, yeah, that like beauty coming back into the cycle. Mm-hmm. Then we go into summer, which is ovulation. So for me with ovulation, it's really interesting. Sometimes I find that I'm more inclined to want to work, work, work and like create, create, create because my energy is like high here sometimes but and that's amazing like if I do that um that's beautiful self-care for me it's like this real queen energy like let's get shit done you know boom 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 but then something I learned recently again from my teacher Claire is this concept called the big O like the big ovulation and it's a practice where you just allow yourself a day or two like what I've mentioned with the bleed, allowing yourself to rest for a day or two. This is like allowing yourself to play for a day or two. So if you can, if it's available to you, taking some time off from creating and working and actually going out with your friends, if that's what feels good for you, like having a few drinks or not, having a dance, going out for brunch, dinner, lunch, like just what would my ideal ovulation look like for me? And if it involves playing more then like giving yourself that as self-care. So I know that's a big one for me because I love like a cheeky red wine and a dance here and there, you know. Me too, Chef. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think um, that's a, another really important thing because while we aren't um, conditioned to rest, we're also not really that conditioned to play. Mm. Um, I mean, and they're on these big, beautiful spectrums of life and then work and hustle and grind sits in the middle. But like when we can rest and play without guilt, I mean, what a game changer. I remember seeing Claire took the week off because she said, you know, I could normally really go crazy with work right now, but I want to enjoy these hormones. Mm. (laughs) I want to enjoy this feeling that I have right now and be with my people and connect and connect to myself. And that just blew things open for me. And I've since done that just when I know I'm feeling really good. I think it's another way of being open. It's like, 
the world is so colourful, so can I experience this before I start to head down into, um, you know, the valley of, of camping and <laughs> rugs and marshmallows? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And yeah, I resonate with that. Like I mentioned, sometimes ovulation is like really painful for me, but when it's really good, it's like, all right, like how can I make this even better and actually lap this up? And recently I've been finding I play more in ovulation. And then when I go into autumn, I actually work more because I have that focus and it just changes, right? Like it, every cycle is different. Yeah. Yeah. So then we finish with autumn and we've already touched on quite a few things here, but autumn can be a time where the rose colored glasses come off. It's like, all right, what do I need? And we become almost savage with our boundaries and our needs and our desires. And it's a really powerful time for sticking to strong boundaries, setting strong boundaries and just being unapologetic, you know, like this is who I am and this is what I need. So this is what I'm going to do. Um, another p- potential power in autumn is cleaning as a Virgo. I'm just like, oh, I just like love autumn because I'm already <laughs> super organized, but I'm just like, cool, what can I clean? Like what drawers can I sort out? What can I get rid of? Autumn is this real clearing energy. It's like, what do I need to get rid of physically, emotionally, mentally? Um, but I am such a big believer in that when our physical space is decluttered, our mental space is decluttered. So for me, autumn is a time of like, you know, we're about to enter a new cycle with the bleed. We're about to start this new cycle. So what needs to go before we start this new cycle? And yeah, it's just like clearing out drawers, organizing papers, whatever it is, so that when I'm in winter, it's like clean and fresh. And I know that I can properly rest and surrender because I've done all of that clearing beforehand. So that's a big one for me. Um, and the other one I had, like a more tangible one, is meal prep. It's just like so powerful in autumn, again, because we've got that real organized energy. Um, yeah, having meals that are warming and nourishing and nutrient dense for your period is one of the greatest forms of self-care, I think. Oh, good. Yeah. And when generally when you're bleeding, you don't feel like cooking. Like sometimes for me, I like to just play around like baking and stuff. Cause that's one of my greatest forms of creativity, but generally speaking, it's just so good when you're bleeding, you can like get a meal out of the freezer or out of the fridge and heat it up and just know that it's nutrient dense, it's supportive. So really utilizing your superpowers in autumn to prepare for the bleed, greatest form of self-care, I think. Mm. I agree. And like to have those, I mean, when you think about winter as well, how we we lean towards the soups and the pastas and the curries mm. and things like that, just to be able to reach. I mean, I'm making myself hungry. <laughs> to reach towards that when you're feeling like you want to protect your energy. I mean, mm. such a for your own personal integrity too, to know that you've shown up for yourself in that way to then be able to reach to it. it's kind of like you know fist pumping past you because like you've shown totally yeah yeah future you will thank you <laughs> yes exactly yeah 
if um if someone wants to start tracking their cycle shan what's the what's a way that they can start like are there apps and things that you can track with Mm. Mm. so I like to keep it super simple to start with because this whole realm can be quite overwhelming if you don't know where to start so cycle charting is like an amazing practice that you can do and there's different ways that you can do it if you're a pen to paper person you can do it in a journal or in your diary and you want to the first thing you need to do is identify what cycle day you are on so there's a few different ways you can do this if you know when you had your last period like I mentioned earlier in the episode go back and work out when the first day of your period was and count that as day one and then you can just count forward and you know what cycle day you're on if you haven't had a period for like years or if you are someone who doesn't menstruate a really good way to do this is you can follow the moons. So the moon cycle. So the moon cycle is around 28 to 29 days, which is the same as a normal, I'm putting in asterisks again, normal cycle. Um, It's a really, and it's a cycle that we all experience the moon, you know, it's always there. It's always present. And you can look up on an app or online what day of the moon cycle are we on what phase is the moon in um and i can go over that like if you want me to but that's another really powerful way to track your cycle you can follow the moon so yeah knowing what day you're on is the first place to start and then from there just writing down anything that you are feeling i like to divide it up into the realms so physical mental spiritual emotional or you can just go with three of those whatever feels good for you and you can just write down like one line for each realm or some days you might find you write a paragraph half a page a full page like anything is perfect there's no right or wrong way but I think consistency is important here if you can commit to it because when we track our cycle this is where the self-acceptance comes in. Let's say we're on day 26 and we're feeling anxious. We're feeling a bit icky. We're like, oh, why am I feeling like this? Like, when am I going to feel better? What we can do is look back on the previous cycle, read what we've written around days 26, 27, around there. Generally, it's going to be quite similar, right? It's going to be like, oh, in my last cycle on day 26, I was feeling similar. So it's actually okay that I'm feeling like this today because it's just where I'm at and it's like normal for me. And cool, I can see that like then on day 29, started to feel a bit better. So when we track our cycle, we're able to identify patterns and these patterns are so powerful because this is what creates self-acceptance so you can do it pen to paper you can get cycle charts like paper cycle charts that you can use which I have some of my own that I use or you can use an app can you talk us through your beautiful business because I've like inhaled the cacao that I have (laughs) gotten from you so can you have a little bit of a chat about how you um how you came to Nourish Hub and the the different things that you do there yeah, sure. Thanks for asking. Um, 
Yeah. So I am just like such a multi-passionate person. And I think for a really long time, I tried to like deny that almost, you know, it's like, we're always told be the master of one, like do the one thing in your business and be good at that. And whilst that works for some people, it is just so not me. Like for anyone who's into human design, I'm a manifesting generator. I'm just like, yeah, so good. Um, I'm so multi-passionate. It's ridiculous, but I've just learned only recently that that's like one of my greatest powers, being able to be interested in so many different things and then weave them all together in like really unique ways. So I do a lot of things within Nourish Hub. Um, The main pillars, I guess, of my business are the menstrual cycle mentoring. And then I have a product called ceremonial grade cacao. So very similar to my journey with menstrual cycle mentoring. I had a very like deep personal experience and relationship with ceremonial grade cacao for a couple of years, like two to three years. And it just was amazing for me, like having this daily ritual where I could have my cup of cacao, connect with myself, open my heart, use my creativity. It grounded me. And yeah, I, with Nourish Hub, the first thing I started doing was running circles. It's the very first thing um, because I noted, like I knew that along my journey, I lacked or desired like-minded people like that was something that I didn't have that I really desired so I thought well how can I go out and create this for other people who might be on a similar path so that was the intention for creating the circles and started off by just running them in like the living room of my two-bedroom apartment it was just like you know kitchen living room all in one had to move all the furniture out onto the balcony and gather everybody in like this tiny space, kick my boyfriend out for like two hours. And I, don't, I don't even know still to this day what he did for those <laughs> couple of hours, but um, bless him. So supportive. And yeah, it's just all evolved from there. Like with the cacao, I guess that just happens so naturally and organically. I, like I said, had a very deep personal relationship with it for a couple of years. Um, and then I started offering it in my circles and then people were like, what is this? Like, yeah, it's amazing. And then, then I started just selling it like literally to my community at my circles. And then here we are today. Like it's just completely, yeah, just grown immensely, which I'm so grateful for. Um, it's now in hundred percent waste-free packaging, which I'm like super proud of and grateful for. It yeah, really is amazing. I've been thinking on this a lot and that beautiful cylinder that mm. it comes out to you in, you've done a phenomenal job. Oh, thank you. Yes, I, I'm very proud of it. It was a lot of hard work, but so worth it, you know, for like our earth. And yeah, so I have a lot of I have a lot of information on my website, on my blog, where people can read about what is cacao, ceremonial grade cacao, how is it different to normal cacao from the health food store. But most important thing here is really honoring and being discerning about how it is sourced and where it is sourced from because it is a plant medicine that's been used for thousands of years by ancient cultures so really looking at like where you're sourcing it from and how is that company or that person giving back to the indigenous community so this is really really important to me 
Mm-hmm. Um, so my ceremonial grade cacao is sourced only from family-owned farms in Peru. So I work directly with them. No, you know, big centralized commercial plantation, anything like that. My face is like <laughs> so gross. Um, <laughs> um, and then I also work with an all-women's cooperative in Peru. Um, I give back to them every month. So it's really important that if we're experiencing, you know, this beautiful plant medicine that we're giving back to the local communities and supporting them and their ways of being and living. So, yeah, it is very different to normal cacao. It's um, cacao powder has had the cacao butter removed, so it's been defatted. And cacao butter is what's considered to have all of the beautiful, energetic and nutritional benefits and properties and yeah so ceremonial grade cacao is just like the whole bean that you're experiencing so yeah I could go on forever but it's very different to normal cacao it's just like drinking a hot chocolate but like wildly different at the same time you would know incredibly like um it's more than just drinking something isn't it it's taking a moment for yourself Mm. like feeling that nourishment and that like connection to something more. I mean, that's how I felt when I was drinking um, your cacao, that it's not just having like slugging down. I mean, for some people, coffee is spiritual as fuck as well, but like it's not just slugging down a coffee. um, It's really sitting there. And I always remember that someone I think it might have been you, Shan, just talk to me that it's a heart opener. Mm. You know, while you're sitting there, you're sitting with your heart open. And that was really special for me and has mm. been since, um, you know, our hearts navigate so much. Totally. Yeah, it's a medicine of the heart. So when I say it's a plant medicine, people are always like, am I going to hallucinate? I'm like, no. <laughs> but it is still considered a plant medicine yeah. because it's got a beautiful, rich culture and it's a medicine of the heart. Its main aim and intention is to get us back into our hearts and allow us to operate from that space rather than our heads. So really about grounding into the heart, grounding into the body. And if you want to get into the science of things, it has um, a chemical or a stimulant in it called theobromine. And theobromine is a, so when you think about coffee, it's got caffeine, which is a stimulant and caffeine is a nervous system stimulant. So not for everybody, like I drink coffee sometimes as well, but for some people, that's why it can leave you feeling quite jittery because it's a nervous system stimulant. Whereas theobromine found in cacao is a cardiac stimulant. So that's how it focuses on opening the heart and helps to increase blood circulation and all of that beautiful stuff so yeah it's a medicine of the heart I didn't know that either that's fantastic part of me just as an OT that when I hear Mm. that's actually very cool yeah it's good to know like yeah yeah you do such fantastic work Shen do you um I haven't asked you this do you like as a healer or as a menstrual cycle mentor can you be do you hire out your services do you know what I mean like do you use Mm. knowledge can someone hire you for an event or hire you to educate a group of people 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I love doing that stuff. So um, good to know. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. So I do a lot of work like with the cacao. So I also run retreats and cacao ceremonies, um, but I do a lot for like private groups. So yeah, whatever it is, like online courses, birthdays, baby showers, whatever it is, retreats, um, I can come and run a cacao ceremony. And I often call them cycle and cacao ceremonies. So I like to blend the two together. So have a cup of cacao, get into the heart, do a cacao ceremony, and then actually have the menstrual cycle education within the ceremony. But like, if you just wanted one or the other, it can be like totally whatever you need it to be. And yeah, for like, I guess like masterclasses within group courses, I've done a few of those as well. Mm. Open. Now I, I digress. I digress. <laughs> That's perfect. Thank you yeah. so much for just so much information, Shan. I've been mm. quite um, enamored by you just listening to you talk about your the spiritual aspects of this work and also the scientific aspects and the way, like I think I said, I hope I said at the start that you embody this as a human mm. and make this quite a grounded practice. So Thank you so much. And also thank you for your awareness around that this is um, an approximate, you know, estimate, Mm. so to speak. This is generalised. This isn't just about women. This also incorporates partners. And this isn't about shame. This is about having a framework around Mm. how we we show up as people. So thank you for the way that you approach your work. Mm. Thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. And thanks so much for having me. It's been so yummy. I feel like I could just stay here forever. I know. It's been so yummy. And now I need to, I mean, I think I need to go make some meal prep and have a cacao. Like I'm really hungry right now. Do it. Sounds awesome. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much, Shan. Now, yeah. if anyone wants to reach you, how can they do that? Yes. So I have my website, which is www.nourishhub.com.au. And then my main Instagram platform is at nourish.hub.co. And then I also have one for my cacao, which is in the bio of my main one, but it's just Nourish Hub Cacao. So that's the best, the best places to reach me. Beautiful. All right. Well, I'm sure a lot of women will want to, and this work is quite well, it's very, very important. So thank you for sharing. Mm, amazing. Thanks so much. No worries. All right. I'll talk to you soon, Shan. See ya. Bye.